Hi, Amber. Hi, Megan. Hi, Michael. Hey, guys. <laughs> Welcome to Bad Movies Rock. Okay. <laughs> I mean, I okay. basically live here now, so uh, I just <laughs> welcome me to my own house, I guess. Yes, come <laughs> come on in, Michael. Here's your, uh, you know, my robe, your, my uh, embroidered robe. robe is still here. Nice, good, 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 mm-hmm. good. Oh, I my sunglasses. I left those, but now they, there they are. Now I have those back, so that's good. Yeah, Michael, I want to just say, like your toothbrush and your hair dryer and all that stuff <laughs> is just left all over the bathroom sink. And... Yeah, 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 yeah. If this is a push to get your own drawer, it's um. But we we actually respond to passive aggressive really well, so we we got you one. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's it's more like selective forgetfulness. Yeah, and we've put we've actually stuffed the drawer full of all the shirts you've left behind. Yeah, and, the shirts I've yeah. left uh, in the wake of my just disrobing aggressively. Yeah, yep, yep. As I'm as I'm want to do. It's true. Michael hates shirts, guys. It's mm-hmm. just how it goes. It's just it's a little yay fun fact for the fans. Michael hates mm-hmm. shirts. <laughs> it's true. I wonder if shirts hate me. Um, I got you guys to watch another movie with me, so thank you for for doing that. Um, this one. Um, I, I snuck in because it doesn't really qualify uh, for a bad movie. Um, oh, it's super. This is the highly, most highly rated movie we've ever done, Michael. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes. So I figure if, if I can do one end of the spectrum with um, Almost Heroes, yes, then I should true. be able to do the other end of the spectrum with the highest rated movie you've ever done. To be with- fair, right. If, if we average your movies, they actually come <laughs> out to that failing grade. So yeah, yeah. To that slightly about, failing so. grade that needs to be resurrected. Um, but it fit the theme because the last time I was on, we got to watch 13, The 13th Warrior. Uh, but this time we got to watch 13 Assassins. Mm-hmm. We did. So that was a good enough excuse because of the number 13. Yeah. <laughs> But one that maybe has flown under the radar for a lot of American viewers, it is a Japanese film. It is subtitled, and so a lot of people don't want to read their movies, and I can respect that, I suppose. Uh, But this one, if you haven't seen it, you need to see. It's, I think, uh, an action movie by which to judge all other action movies. Yeah, it's a a gem. It's, it's, yes. I mean, yeah, it is, it is, it is. Well and truly a beautifully executed action movie that makes you feel and think and and really value the deaths you see on screen. It's, it is a really, really good, really, really well-made movie. And my dog behind me as he growls agrees. <laughs> yes, that's, that's Muppet's growls of agreement. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's, a, that's a new segment. Muppet growls his agreement. <laughs> Muppet growls his agreement. Now Muppet barks his agreement. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, that's how you know it's really fresh stuff. Oh, my God. <laughs> yes. A lot to say. So the reason you wouldn't ordinarily hear a movie like 13 Assassins on BMR is that we traditionally, as the name might suggest, watch bad movies, movies mm-hmm. that are poorly rated by the critics, yes. movies that in aggregate on Rotten Tomatoes and Metacritic do not have a passing grade. In fact, they have a failing grade. And uh, then we explain why the critics are often wrong and why the movie is probably a gem and all of the reasons why people should watch it and love it. Not all the time. Sometimes critics get it right. Sometimes the critics get it right, but for the wrong reasons. And sometimes we just yell at them for no reason because I mean, we we want to. Like, yeah. We're spiteful. Yeah, that sounds like us. Yeah, yeah that sounds yeah. right. That last part. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I feel like I'm <laughs> relatively brimming with spite and happy to share it. So... 13 Assassins gets a pass because 
it's one of those movies where I don't know a lot of people who've seen it. And it's it's so good that it, I feel like we need to raise its profile. And huh, what better place to do it on BMR, the wildly popular podcast with our five friends. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. It, it, one of whom is on. Us. Yeah, yeah, yeah right here, right here. It's okay. right there. <laughs> you know, we've got this nice little bubble. Let's just, you know, yeah, blow some air exactly. into it. Yeah. Exactly. So this will be the first of, I imagine, many moments of, of rather than entertainment justice, we're not going after the critics, we're going after the audiences. It's, mm. it's profile oh. justice. It's, it's mm-hmm. watching justice. We're, we'll come up with a better word for it, but... More eyeballs need to peep on this this year movie and uh, talk about it more. Did I? Yeah. Did you know that Metacritic has like a must watch seal? Because I've oh, never seen it not. before. <laughs> well, we wouldn't have. No, no. But like next next to the rating for this one, there's like a little seal. It was like a Metacritic okay. must watch. I was like, oh, I didn't know that existed. Yeah, yeah, we wouldn't have come across it with our movies. The the air up here is rarefied and thin and smells of cotton candy and pancakes. It's enjoyable. Do they use like a different font for the reviews, I wonder? Like, is it just everything's different? Is it like gilded or something, you know? I feel the colors are a little brighter. Yeah, Yeah, a faint smell of like lavender comes out of the computer. (laughs) There there is a certain something. There was an NPR review. I don't think I've ever seen an NPR review blurb from any of the movies we've done. I'm I'm getting ahead of Mm. myself. This is is Critics Corner nonsense. Let's stick with summary. Summary. Megan, do you have a summary for us? Well, I was mostly going to ask, Michael, are you going to wrap the plot? Oh. Oh. Oh, I was worried you were going to ask about that. Uh Uh-oh. Hmm. It's, guys, listen... Mm-hmm. It's gonna be real hard to. You guys had Adrian on for Korea oh, Karina, yeah, and she kind of just, kind of just ruined my rap career forever. I feel like yeah, I feel no, like her, she just took it yeah. out into the street and just double tapped it. Yeah, I just oh my God. Her, she rap, curb stomped your rap she, career. She curb stomped my yeah. rap career so thoroughly and so effortlessly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I can't ever rap the plot. Oh, again, it just it can't happen. That's not the result we wanted. I mean, it's, it's I just I, there's just no way. There's just like, no way. It's I like could having come a back from that beautiful unicorn, you know, take a Pegasus and shoot it out back. Do we, we why can't we have both? <laughs> I, just, I just, yeah, and she didn't even do it on purpose. She, her just her rap existed. And yeah. then, and so mm. putting putting my rap next to it would just would just make it seem like shit. So I'm just going to just summarize the plot. Is that okay, okay. with you guys? Yeah, just, let's hear. Just uh, do, I would love to just hear a it. Regular, regular summary. All right. <clears throat> cool. All right. Japan, 1844. We got shoguns and guns, but it's the samurais we're airing. Zoom in on Harry Carey like a fatal stationary. That's the best protest to send a message about this arrogant air, a despair, and a terror. Dude makes Thanos look like a typographical error. Even oh. Sordoy knows the hoi polloi can't survive another minute with this uber-rich boy. Naragitsu's <laughs> a goddamn fool. Your morals a disaster, a classical capacity to lambast all your company. A demon delimin women just to fit your fancy. So my homeboy Shinza and his friends make plans to end you. And what's 
that woman's name that forgot to ask her, but she knows the solution. A yo, a total massacre. Shinza oh, finds a fine supply of ronin and samurai, gambling fishermen, youngins, and old men in a caveman guide. Then it's time to get down in Death Town, carry out this mission where the new boys are pissing so as not to raise suspicion. Hey, Maragitsu, <laughs> nice to meet you. I got some wicker walls and some bombs to greet you. Raining arrows down like a water feature while the bulls are on parade burning up the streets. Yeah, then boom goes the dynamite. Boom oh, goes shit. the samurai. Slashing the cashew clan like calamari sushi night. Back to back, hacking across the street of swords and hate they fight. Hariyama coming at you like an angry meteorite. Kunagama eyes flashing headlights. Dropping Hanbei's bitches like a new to war neophytes. Shinza kills Hanbei, decapitates and all. Narigitsu kisses his head like a soccer ball. Shinza's horrified. His old friend's carrying a yo. That's what you get when you guard authoritarians. Narigitsu gets Shinza's blade all up in his blouse, gets his head cut off, and rolls in a shit house. And that's how feudal Japan came to an end. It's a damn good movie, so go tell a friend. Oh, shit. Good God, man. Good. Okay, number one. Number one. Number Uh one. Twist. Twist. Oh, you got us. You got us good. Oh, he's hanging up his spurs. Oh, he's shot his career in the head. It's dead in a ditch. Don't worry about it. Oh, wait. Never mind. Like a phoenix, he rises from the fucking ashes and is like, what? What? Yeah. Stepped up your your game in this, like. Thank you. That's that was that was we um, incredible. We talked and about at some point. Adrian and I will do the same movie, and we'll we'll try to rap battle. So I'm gonna throw it down. <gasps> I'm gonna call it now. So We're badly. gonna have to rap battle a movie uh, on your show at some point. So. Yes, please. Yes, 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 please. This this few, this fire is just getting started. <laughs> I'm so happy. I'm so excited, <laughs> Michael. That was amazing. Thank you. Uh, I I. I'm so excited to like listen back to it a bunch of times. This movie gets me pumped. This movie gets me amped in a way that few movies do. Like when I watch this movie, I want to run through a brick wall. I don't. I don't know how else to explain (laughs) it. Like the bad guy is so bad, and you want him to die so bad, and he dies finally, and it's so good. I just, I'm into it, start to finish. Yep. I mean, at at the like halfway mark of the movie, which is kind of when it kind of shifts from like more storytelling ish and getting the band together to Mm -hmm. the actual like big old knockout drag out fight, which is like, what is it? Like 40 minutes an hour long. Like Mm -hmm. Michael's just like, you could hear like you were just like, oh, it's almost happening. We're almost (laughs) to the second half. Yeah. The yeah, it, it 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 reaches a crescendo where it builds up and up and up, and then once the fight starts, it's it's you just you just gobsmacked with violence, and yeah. it's so well done. And we'll get to all that, but yeah, that was Michael Raps the plot. You're welcome. Yay! Thank you, Michael. That You're is. You're next, uh... Adrian. Bring it. <laughs> wow. I'm so I, excited this is ha- happening on our podcast, Amber. I lo- I think this is our podcast now. Yeah, I know. I was actually thinking that too. <laughs> I think everything that happens is just happening in between the important spaces in which Michael and Adrian are wrapping the plot. Yeah. I'm okay with that. Yeah, no, it's it's worth it. Our our podcast was was a beautiful chrysalis through which the butterfly of their rap careers could emerge. It's beautiful. <laughs> Thank you. Um, do you guys want to go to the Critics' Corner? Yeah, let's go to the Critics' Corner, which is going to be interesting because Rotten Tomato has it as, oh, Rotten Tomato does have a thing. It's certified fresh, uh, <laughs> 95 for the critics and 80, 88 for the audience score. Hmm. 
audience. All right, we've got 84 for the critics on Meta and 80 for the audience. Apparently, okay. if you have a good movie, the audience likes it less than the critics. And yeah, was this it, is a little Metacritic musty seal. What's Everything is so our... backwards from what you normally know. It's I, like yeah. I do. Underworld or something. Up is down. <laughs> down is chocolate. <laughs> Amber, wasn't one of the last two movies like an 80 something percent? You no, know, for both of them. Both Cursed really? and Dracula 2000, the audience rated them, I think, at 87. <laughs> Oh Which is higher than but 13, 13 assassins. assassins is 80. <laughs> that is, that is, yeah, that's frustrating Speaking as, as an hell. English teacher, uh, Americans don't like to read. You're it's, not wrong. You're not wrong, and it's very upsetting. Yeah, it, it well, tell me about it. <laughs> Let me tell you, Michael. That and, well, this is a perfect action movie. It's not an American action movie because there's, the first yeah, half true. of the movie is slow politics and character yeah. development. It is mm-hmm. it is mind swimmingly in Japanese shogunate samurai like ethos and history, and yeah. that is not something that's familiar to us. And it's something that it takes a while for your brain to start catching up with, even slightly. And it's slow. It's the it's the kind of movie where I sat and, and watched it by myself. I don't even know why I decided to start it, and I'm surprised I stuck with it. Because the first, mm-hmm. you know, 15 minutes or so, you really have to focus. And then you wonder why you're focusing, because there's still more talking and mm-hmm. quietness and discussion of duty and honor. A, and a lot of old character. guys kneeling in their yep. in their robes. And if you don't know anything about Japanese culture, you're like, why are we watching like these guys coming out of the shower, apparently? You know, like it, it, it's you have to have some kind of point of reference and um it, what what I will say is starting the film with uh, a guy committing suicide, like ritual, you know, um, seppuku or harikari suicide, very slow and meticulously and like yeah, tastefully done. It's it's like it's like all these things and it's yeah, like, and it's all on his face, so it's not mm-hmm. like it's bloody, but like you're getting. Mm-hmm. You're getting the point, yeah. Very much so. So, so the sound attention very effectively, yes. Yeah, yeah. and then they are f- fast enough to show the horror of Naritsugu. Uh, I hope I'm saying that somewhat correctly. Um, who is the villain of the film, and just establishing what a horrible, horrible person he is. Um, you yeah. get lost in some names here and there, but like you get, you can get the gist of what's happening. But yeah, it, it takes it takes a lot of build up. It takes a lot of build up. Yeah. Yeah, and there's a lot of kind of politics that you know I'm certainly not familiar with, and mm-hmm. but they they keep it going. Sorry, very helpful popcorn. Very helpful uh-huh. dog. Popcorn um, says actually, if you know anything about feudal Japan, it's pretty straightforward. Pretty straightforward. I don't know pretty what you're talking about. Shit. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Man, our dogs have a lot of opinions tonight. Yeah, they it's do. True. Dogs and daughters. Oh, how fun! This is fun. So yeah, I don't know what to. Do with the critics? They liked a really good movie, so that's good. Mm-hmm. Um, there are some hundreds in here. Whoa! I mean, yes, of course, but the critics From, recognize it. They recognize greatness. This is good to know. Yeah, I mean, a lot. There was, you know, some Akira Kurosawa comparisons. Mm-hmm. There was, you know, pe- people talked about the slow beginning. Um, one in particular. Uh, Joe Williams at the St. Louis Post-Dispatch. 
If what you seek from a samurai film is the friction between communal duty and personal honor, join the orderly queue to see 13 Assassins. But if what you seek is action, spend the talky first hour at a sushi bar before barging into the theater for a bloody good finale. Hmm. I sort of agree. I don't think that you can really have one without the other, though. You know what I mean? I like, agree, because... The, the buildup is so part of it. It's so earned that makes the fight at the end. Like so many action movies, the fights are like punch, punch, explosion. You know, like it doesn't really mean anything. Big guy smashes so into big guy. Yep. meaningful at the end of this movie and almost like a cathartic release as like a viewer. Like you're just like finally some justice is being served yeah. you know like in um you, you i think you need both halves for this to to really work so i i agree but disagree with that critic you know like you can't skip it <laughs> then it I, has no meaning right. i absolutely agree i i think the the drama and build up and story are are necessary for because it the 45 minute action scene isn't just an amazing feat of technical execution. It is also part of the story. It is still telling right. this story. Mm -hmm. It's just the culmination of the story that it's been building to. And so to just give Mike, the director, all these props for for you know, sh beautifully shooting this, like, but also he he's telling the end of a visual story with yet more visuals that just happen to be pitch perfect action. Right. It's. Yeah. It's all part and parcel. You can't you can't separate that bit out. And and if you don't like the politics, or if you think that it's boring, or if you think like you, then you kind of aren't appreciating the entire product that he created. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. There's and a lot is, of payoffs in that final forty five minutes that were set up earlier in the film yes. with the characters efficiently and um, and thoughtfully. Uh, there's a couple of running metaphors that we'll probably talk about, but like. It, it just it all comes together neatly and chaotically yeah. and, and it's heartbreakingly poetry. yeah heartbreakingly yeah. and um yeah. and satisfyingly at mm -hmm. the end right yes agreed because if you don't know the kind of the, the the reasons behind what each character is doing you don't get especially that final scene is like well why would they do that well it's like well obviously it's it's yeah. Why is this yeah. beautiful? Why is this heartbreaking? Why is like it's why is there beauty in all of this this bloodshed? And and why mm -hmm. is it profound that the one guy like who survives survive like it is yeah. is necessary. The the whole thing is necessary to really get the full payoff of that really well done action scene. So mm -hmm. so Definitely. Yes. Most of the critics seem to really understand what was what. Some of them didn't really care for the first half of the movie and i feel like that kind of misses it because right. it's it's yeah. you know it's stiff and uninvolving it's posturing it's politics it's yes it it yeah. is those things it is those things and you have to kind of bite into that and and really let it kind of take you up so that when you get to the end you feel the poetry of it yeah yeah it's it's a bit of a chess match like uh, if you watch high level chess players uh, they do a lot of the same opening moves and a lot of uh, setting up this and that and like maybe minor there's like little minor challenges to try and gain a little bit of an advantage like the tiniest advantage and then there's a mid game in chess where the pieces just start flying off the board you know mm -hmm. and the next thing you know you're in the end game but like the the movie has that kind of feel where there's there's this, this constant setup and a lot of tension like just a lot a yes. lot of tension builds up. Um, and then when it explodes, it just, it's just a total massacre, you know? Yeah. 
total oh is it him total it, total massacre you said total massacre mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I remember that could that be the working title of this movie yeah yeah uh because yeah. it it is that yeah. Can we talk about the movie now? This so, is like, yeah, yes. let's, let's talk about the movie. <laughs> yeah. I, I think the one thing to take away is that in this time, the audience is wrong and the audience needs to open their little mm. little brains up. and, and Yeah. And, and that's, I guess. Watch this movie. That's our mission here for entertainment justice cuts both ways, doesn't it? I mean, uh, we, we all need to recognize greatness when it's, when it's there. Absolutely. And that's what this movie is. Um, it, it opens with a scene of ritual suicide. Uh, mm-hmm. which is h- hard to watch. And uh, it immediately invites the viewer to wonder, why is this guy doing this, you know? Um, and then it's easy to get lost because it's like, well, there's a shogun. Okay, the shogun, I think I know that means the leader. Mm-hmm. And the leader has a brother. Okay, cool. Brother is a dick. So why is the brother a dick? And why does that mean this guy has to kill himself? Well, he dishonored his family. And so the only way to protest it is to kill himself. Cool. How do you dishonor the family? Well, we need to talk to Shinza because he's the only guy who can do something about it. And uh, so the uh, a member, high-ranking member of the clan tells a story about how his son um, and his bride, his, uh, his son's bride, excuse me, uh, during a visit by this by the shogun's brother. See, I'm already getting twisted in the politics, right? It sounds yeah, already like yeah. spaghetti. Um, the ba- so I'll simplify. The bad guy rapes the son... Uh, not the son, the son's wife. Mm-hmm. Yep, Sorry. Yep. Oh, man. Um, and then murders his son and brings tremendous shame to the clan. But we can't do anything about it because he's the shogun's brother. And so the only thing you can do is uh, do this ritual suicide to try and protest, basically. Right. Yep. So that's the beginning. That's the first that's heinous the first, crime yeah. of the bad guy. Yep. And it's it's terrible. Like, mm-hmm. you... You don't see a lot of it, but you see just the awfulness, uh, like, and and like the callousness and like the the total like this guy has no emotions about any of this. Like, mm-hmm. it's he's, just a, a thing he did. He's a true monster. Like, essentially, he's visiting this clan. They're they're showing him great hospitality. The wife is sent to him to give him some entertainment. You know, some some pictures to look at, so like a scroll, be, yeah, yeah, something yeah. something pretty trivial. Yeah, yep. he he happens to walk by her in the hall, asks her name, grabs her by the hair, drags her into the bedroom, rapes her. Mm-hmm. Her husband comes to 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 find this situation. He then insults the woman that he just raped, and then murders him, the the, murders the, husband, the husband. Yeah, in front. And the husband of didn't even like did unsheath his blade to fight him because he's like oh, like no. you can see it like there's a there's a pause. He's like. That's the shogun's brother, so I can't do anything. I can't. Fuck. Yeah. You know, like, right. but so I will go comfort wife. my wife, yeah. who's crying on the ground and, tr- and truly upset. And while he's, you know, over- holding his wife, the the Naritsugu unsheathes his blade and, and cuts his head off, or tries to. Takes him three chops to chop his head off, and he's insulting him while he does it. Like, it's just, yeah, um, just the most evil thing I've seen until the next thing that it shows him doing. Right. And <laughs> you know and we mean? also learned that the the woman that he raped ends up um killing herself because she's had that was a lot. Mm-hmm. Well, actually yeah. it's not even because of the trauma, it's because oh, cuz she had been dishonored. Right. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. So a so, lot of it does revolve around honor that's like true, true samurai. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. It's it's all about honor. It's honor for like the family, honor for the clan, and your purpose in life as a samurai is to lay down your life for the lord, but also to serve the people. So it's kind of a combination right. of conflicting duties if perhaps the lord you serve is oh fucking dick. Yeah. 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 So if that's not bad enough, then the next thing it shows him doing is, you know, the guy who kills himself at the beginning of the movie to try and restore some kind of honor to his family. Well, he didn't like that because it made him feel bad. It hurt his feelings. So he uh, rounds up the guy's family, women and children and, and others, and ties them up and then just like takes his time shooting arrows at them, like while his henchmen like just watch. Yep. And he was and specifically he- told to leave the family alone. Mm-hmm. because through committing harakiri he's supposed to have sort of absolved his family of of any punishment because he dishonored the family and then committed ritual suicide so it it absolves the it's it's like it it wipes the slate of of the wrong he did so that no one else can be punished so the shogun's brother badman is is also violating societal norms to do this terrible torturous thing just because he felt slighted you know, and that's that's all it takes. And so he kills an- another group of people over just that. Right, right. And, and like, seems to delight in it. it. It seems to be either something that he's kind of enjoying, but it's not like he's angry. He's just doing it. And it, that's mm-hmm. also that kind of detachedness is, is yeah. very upsetting as well. It, and he gives a little speech about how, like, it's the duty of masters to punish the servants or something like that. Like, it's he feels yeah. like that's his duty. Like, he feels... Um, that society has put him in this place to to rule, and however he chooses the rule is just just because it's the way he chooses. Mm-hmm. It's, it's this um, cyclical thinking, I suppose. But um, uh, uh, and then the the third atrocity um, is revealed. Uh, this is so Sir Doi is trying to like recruit Shinza to basically do this assassination plot, and he's trying to win him over, I guess, with not win him over, but like convince him that it's worth doing. And they bring in a girl who um, the the Lord had taken and just for fun uh, cut off her arms and legs and cut out her tongue. And then yep. when he was done with her, just threw her in the mud on the street, you know. And uh, she was, um, I guess there was an uprising and she was the leader's daughter or something like that. And so he just to, just to make an example of her, I guess. And um, when Shinza asks her, you know, what happened to your family, she can't say anything. And she's, she's weeping these tears that look like tears of blood. And they put a, um, a paintbrush in her mouth so she can write with her teeth, uh, total massacre. Yeah. Uh, and uh, you see this look on Shinza's face. The actor does an amazing job um, of conveying, like, he's horrified by what he's hearing. But then also he's very excited and it's really, it's a really weird moment, but he's like excited and he actually like laughs almost out of like, uh, as a reflex because he's at a point in his life where there's been peace in this land for a long time and he wanted a warrior's death and he's like, okay, I get to, I get to now lay down my life to do this thing. Cause this guy, this guy has to go. He's, he's right. toast, you know? Right. Yeah. We we also at the same at, at the same time we learn that um, Naritsugu's um, uh, I guess his uh, no what is he his samurai his um, his like main bodyguard main lieutenant. bodyguard um, yeah. Henbei is like 
has issues with with what's happening, but is also so loyal that he's not going to do anything about it, except keep protecting his his um, his lord. Because that's yeah. that's the, a samurai's duty. Like your 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 life is not yours. Your life belongs to the lord. And a true samurai is the one who dies in their service. Right. And so there's there's like Hanbei, who also knows Shinza, the one who is so excited at the prospect of dying a warrior's death. They know each other. And they've they they came up together. They they trained in the same dojo together, and so one feels fulfilled, but also shackled by the choices that he made to serve this lord. But is is now like to be a true samurai, he he can't not do that. Well, the other is overjoyed to have the chance to serve his purpose through service to the people rather than to a lord. Yeah, I mean. Have we set the stage yet for a, just a fucking great throwdown? <laughs> I mean, a glorious, like a, glorious showdown. A yes. glorious, glorious showdown. Two I mean, principled, skilled men. Yeah, principled, skilled men with a dash of jealousy and ambition on Hanbei's part. Like Hanbei explicitly says, like he's jealous of. He tells it change it to his face. Like I'm jealous of you because you rose so quickly uh, in the shogun's in the shogun's favor, and you know I've worked really hard and I threw in my lot with. Naritsugu, and so this is this is my path that I've chose, and so I I have to follow it to the end. You know, it it the movie spends so much time constructing this world of honor and kind of weird rules about honor and like manliness and all this shit, and then by the end just totally deconstructs all that in a, in a really cool and fascinating way. I think um, uh, because they all die <laughs> basically, right? Um, and they, they find a character along the way. Um, so they're trying to find a, a way to um, kind of corner uh, Naritsugu as he's traveling back home uh, with his retinue. And uh, they they kind of narrow it down to like this one town. And, and there's some, like I said, there's some back and forth um, trying to gain little tactical advantages. But along the way, they end up taking this shortcut and they meet this guy in a net out in the wilderness Um uh, and I was like, oh, it's Mad Mardigan because <laughs> it's basically like a great warrior stuck in a tree, um, similar to Willow. And uh, he he's a really profoundly interesting character. He um, hates samurais, thinks their whole thing is bullshit, um, wants to fight with Shinza to kill all these samurais because he just kind of is tired of all the samurai posturing. And uh, he serves as kind of a counterbalance to all this stuff that's going on so and he he serves as their 13th assassin they have a, mm-hmm. a posse of 12 that's assembled by sir doi and shinza shinza has a retainer of his own who's my personal favorite favorite mm-hmm. uh hirayama who's a, a ronin um, yes. who feels he owes his his life and his fealty to shinza so he's only too happy to serve and then others are collected along the way um, we get to know some more than others like hirayama has a little bit more more time and then um shinza's nephew um, mm-hmm. whose name I have forgotten. Shiro-roku. Shinrokuro. Shinrokuro, that's it. Shinrokuro, who we meet in a gambling den, um, and they have I mean, a fun conversation that, oh, there's some great lines in this. Just <laughs> great lines. There's really solid humor, cheekiness, just in the in the lines and the delivery. But when Shinzo's talking to his nephew in this gambling den and, 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 and essentially recruiting him for the mission, he... Is, is basically kind of saying, you know, be yourself, just don't overdo it. A real mm-hmm. player doesn't have to play this hard, guy. 
you know, yep. like take it, take yeah. it back a notch. But he's like smiling while he says it. And through this conversation kind of convinces Shinrokuro that he's not done being a samurai and that maybe he should leave his wife and come on a suicide mission. Yep. Um, and then the others are, are also, you know, people who feel that they're indebted to their, their lords or their masters or their mm-hmm. trainers. And they, they come along to one of them is, is actually just a sellsword with a, with a spear, a um, spear that yeah. Hirayama vouches for who just wants his debts paid off. And, mm-hmm. and, you know, a little money for himself and some money to honor his dead wife. And so you you don't have a ton of time getting to know their backstories, but you do get to know them and their personalities and to kind of be invested in, in the individuals. They're not just like so many movies that have large casts. You just like, OK, well, those ones I don't really know that well. So they're going to die first and we're not even going to really mm-hmm. get pay attention. We're not going to care. And this, even if they don't have a lot of time to get their backstories, they get death scenes. And they hit yeah. home and they matter. And it's, yeah. So it's it's as you collect the warriors, you get to know them a little bit. And then, yeah, when they're passing through the mountains and they, they encounter Kiga, Koyata is so different from them and a great counterpoint and very simply, but also is is lampooning them while they travel of like, ah, oh, you uptight right. samurai. Ah, oh, you think you're so honorable. Ah, oh, you think you're so much better. But I'm going to hit you with this rock and you'll die just as good as any man. Yeah, yep. that's right. He fights... With a rock and a sling, and at one point, with a rock tied to the end of the stick, and then at yep. another point, just with a big stick. Just with yep. a big stick, like a log, yeah. like a misshapen, not even straight stick, like a crooked log. It's <laughs> all fantastic. <laughs> and and it's amazing. Of, yeah, you kind of need him to, to kind of break some of the tension that's going on, because it's mm-hmm. a lot. Like, at this point in the movie, like, there's... The, the, the bad guy is so bad, like he's reprehensible, kind of make you sick to your stomach bad. You've got all these people that like are talking about this being, you know, their last fight ever and kind of, you know, there's there's so much like both tension and talk of like, you know, of, of, of duty and honor and politics and stuff like this. Like we need this guy to come in and like, you know, uh throw rocks at people because mm-hmm. to literally throw rocks at everything their, mm-hmm. yeah. their entire mm-hmm. frame of mind and state of being and um and and to to provide some comic relief there's like no comic relief until he comes into the film really and uh uh he kind of steals he kind of steals the the momentum and and by the end uh, as a survivor which we'll get to because that's really interesting how he survives um he he kind of makes the point that th- this needs to end. This whole samurai stuff needs right. to be over. Like it's it it led to a leader like Naritsugu coming into power and sustained him and almost let him run the country into you know into a state of constant warfare. Um, it's the system that's the problem, even well, if it's, it's the system that corrected it this time. You know. Exactly. Like it's, it's, it only worked out that they were able to find a samurai who was still so committed to the code that they were willing to commit this act of warfare and were competent mm-hmm. enough to do so. But like the entire purpose of a samurai is, is to fight and die. And, and they describe this as kind of an era of peace and that, that the mm-hmm. current shogun is, is, has been able to maintain this peace. And so you have a lot of samurai just kind of wandering around, ready to die for the lords, but no shit's happening. And, a guy like Naritsugu, just because of birth, is able to have the loyalty of a samurai like Hanbei, mm-hmm. who's who's like just strong enough and powerful enough and smart enough to potentially keep him alive despite the atrocities. And so 
it, it is also like a teardown of the idea of power being consolidated in that way is and power being upheld by the samurais and their code of honor. And it is mm -hmm. like, yeah, it's it's that sense of we kind of got lucky this time, but maybe we should stop doing this. Yeah. Um, Right. And I mean, the final words of the movie are something like 23 years later, the Meiji period began and the end of feudal like samurais. The shogunate system like, was dissolved. Yeah, exactly. And it's like, I think that's the point is that right. the because um, because you get leaders so often in our world, unfortunately, that are born on third base and feel like they hit a triple. And that's Naritsugu. He never felt pain in his life until his final scene. Right. And he's like yeah. so horrified and scared. Um, he's never had anything other than his own way his entire life. And so that's when we get rulers like that, when we get leaders like that, then yeah, they'll start wars for fun or they'll do hor horrific acts just to feel something because they become numb to, to real people and real feelings and, and assume that they're right about everything. And I could go on and on, but like you get the idea, you know? Yeah. yeah. And, and so in this sense, like, the the movie really rings hits hard at home uh, mm -hmm. in a lot of ways. So it's it's not just the individuals in the system, but the system itself that that exactly. spawns it produces the scenario. Them. Yeah, exactly. Because yeah. it's there's the whole conversation at the beginning of like, oh yeah, this guy did terrible things, and everybody knows he did them, and like powerful people knows he did them. But like, mm -hmm. my hands are tied because he's the shogun's brother, mm -hmm. and they're like, well, I guess it's not that big of a deal. And he's like, no because he's actually about to become the Shogun's number one advisor. Mm -hmm. And in, in the midst of the battle that happens for 45 minutes, he's growing that the Lord evil evil body pants is is growing increasingly joyful. Mm -hmm. He's like, yeah. this must have been what the period of war was was like, right? And and as people get, his own men get slaughtered around him. Yeah. He's like, man, you know, as soon as I join my brother's council, let's bring back the era of war. Yeah. And he could do it. Right. Mm -hmm. That's the whole thing. And it's it's that that point, kind yeah. of like chilling realization of if this one man gets through, he can break the whole world because of the system as it stands. Like it's it is mm -hmm. if, if you have a, a system that broken, it's not the person, it's the system. And and it's yeah, it's a very interesting just kind of like pensive yeah. study of Yeah. The the assumption is the system there there won't be a person so bad the system will correct for it, right? And then there's a person that comes along that is so bad, the system's not ready for it. You know what I mean? There's no there's no immune system for for what's coming through. It, there's just this hierarchy and and uh, codes of honor and loyalty and all that bullshit. So it, like it, it can fall apart very quickly, actually. You yep. Know? And you have to rely on thirteen dudes being willing to die and being effective enough because mm -hmm. Hambe is smart and. Shinza is gambling. Mm -hmm. You don't like they don't know which path Noritsuga is gonna take. But they they can block his way on one end of the journey because of the family that he dishonored, dishonored. with his, his yeah. rape and his murder. So they're relying on that clan being able to stop the Lord from passing through their lands, which they do just barely. And then with the, the second act of uh, ritual suicide. Exactly. Right. Because, of yeah. course, he's defying the Shogun's brother. So in order to stop there being reprisals against his clan, he has to kill himself. But he wanted to do so anyway because his he son was, was dead. Et cetera. He, yeah. Yeah. he was a walking <laughs> sad, a sad man. <laughs> yeah. So then they buy yeah. a town. The 13 assassins buy a town and turn it into what they yes. call death town. Mm -hmm. They prepare it for 
and assaults mm-hmm. to, to trap this larger force inside, whittle it down and kill the Lord. Bad pants man. But they don't necessarily know that the clan's going to be able to stop his passage. They don't know if he's actually going to come through the town. They are just really... And if they miss him, they miss him once he gets to his own mm-hmm. lands. And so you, there's this like tension of like, is he going to come this way? And then he takes too long. You're like, ah, shit. Yep. And he does it because Hambe's on top of shit. And Not underestimating Shinza for a second. Yeah. And they have 200 men coming yeah. instead of the smaller force that they were anticipating. Mm-hmm. Yep. And I love how they hear this news that, you know, three times as many people are coming than they expected. And there's no moment of, well, let's retreat and re, you know, try again. They're like, this we're is still it. fucking doing we're it. We're doing it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We're doing this, this is our chance. We're taking yeah. it. Yeah. Here we go. Uh, yeah. Uh, it's that posturing and that, that gradual, like trying to game for advantage that it, it, it builds that tension so thick. It's so mm-hmm. thick. So anyway, sorry. Keep going. And, and no, I mean, and you were talking about kind of the chess game of, of, mm-hmm. you know, making feints and not making big moves until, you know, the, the quick decimation of pieces on the board. Some assassins are sent early on to Shinza's compound to question them, um, and they get murdered by Hirayama. There's only four. Mm-hmm. And then on their road into the town that they buy, as they're like driving their horses as fast as they can to get ahead of the enemy, they get accosted by a larger force of just poor Ronin that they rope into this, forcing them off-road where they meet Kiga. But it's these it's these feints where Hanbei is like testing his plans, testing his defenses, seeing what happens and like losing pieces, but not important ones until you mm-hmm. just have this all out massive 45 minute brawl. Yeah. Can we can we talk about let's the fight talk now? about it? Yeah, let's talk about the fight. Megan, this is your first time seeing the big fight. Yes. How did it, how did it hit you? I'm, I'm really curious. Yeah, it's amazing. And, and, and one of the things that we talked about while while we were watching is it's shot perfectly. Like there's, there's so much going on, because obviously that we've got our, our 13 assassins. And we have 200 other people that are coming in to fight them. And it's, it's amazing because they keep the feel of these these assassins are overwhelmed, they're out outnumbered, you know, you know, times, you know, 10 or 15 and and it's got to be chaotic. It's got to be bloody and and things happening, but they but you can always tell who you're following. You can always tell kind of what's happening even though it feels chaotic. You can also see the actual fight and you get the like it's not this like one on you know how like enemies always like a big group of enemies always come one on one to like attack Mm -hmm. people that's not what happens like they're always swarming our 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 assassin friends um yeah but it's 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 shot perfectly to, to convey all of that and not feel overwhelming or 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 unintelligible by us the audience and yeah, it's also to... just fucking clever. Like it's fucking, <laughs> yeah. it's delightful in its cleverness in terms of they. So, like you said, they bought a town. They have um, several days to put together defenses in this town, and they do some amazing uh, uh, things: uh, walls so and good. ladders yeah. and these, blow these up giant things. And yeah, wicker walls suddenly come in. So they they draw in the army. Like um, Hanbei rides out in front because he's like, "Hey, wait a minute, this town. I'm really sure this is legit." You know, um, and he's looking around, and there are town folk around. You know, as they're in there, there's a little boy just taking a nice 
casual piss in the yep. middle of town. Naked boy. As, mm-hmm. as little boys do, I guess. And Hempe rides back. He's like, okay, I guess it's fine. But then as they're riding through, you see a bunch of people running out into the woods. And Hempe's like, oh, shit. It's not fine. <laughs> nope. And then next thing you know, there's walls of wood. Like, they're like 15, 20 feet tall. Just like roll in. Like, I don't know how they even did that. But um, uh, like closing off streets and... Um, they try to retreat and they blow up the bridge with some dynamite. And um, then you just see uh, Shinza and and some of the other older assassins kind of up on the wall and they're just kind of staring them down. And then they just start shooting with arrows until they, mm-hmm. they don't even run out of arrows. They're just yeah. like, you know what? I'm tired of shooting these guys. I want to go down and cut some fools. Yep. And um, they're just running through buildings and they have all these traps and, they they let out bulls that are literally on fire. Yes. <laughs> and the bulls are like oh running God. down the streets. It is mm-hmm. just it looks like a hellscape. Like instantly, like this town, just like poof. Uh, instead of confetti, it's just arrows and blood and swords and it's it's amazing. It's yeah. just amazing. It's it's very very good. And and every time you know you follow somebody for a while, you either see you know epic sword battles or another trap being sprung. You know, one of them, you know, runs down an alley and then finds a candle and sets a bunch of guys on fire. And another guy comes in behind and cleans that up. And there are so many beautiful shots and moments. Like the one of the guys who gets set on fire, Hirayama just cuts in half. Mm-hmm. And you have a close-up of his face as the flames that were coming out of the guy part as the guy's the cleft in twain. Oh, yes. Man. Yeah. It's so, so they don't show it, but they show it. Yeah. Awesome. And you very yeah. good. There's so many instances in which I'm watching some big, massively produced, expensive Hollywood CGI fest Mm -hmm. of explosions, and I get so bored and lost and uninvolved, just detached from what's happening and really interested in in, in letting it end. I'm I'm tired of it. It's going on for too long. And this is, it's a 10-minute scene. This is 45 minutes of watching 13 people whittle down a force of 200 Yep. Running through this town, setting off traps, getting progressively bloodier and slower mm-hmm. and filthier and tired and staggering. And one by one, they get cut down. And every death is significant. And every death is, is often witnessed by another member of the assassin yes. group. Yes. yes. Yeah. And and they save each other. Like, they often step mm-hmm. in to, like, let their other assassin friends get away like one will mm-hmm. step in so that the other one can like run up a you know get away a little further and like takes you know yeah I, or they stand back to back so that they don't get yes. surrounded or yep um or the the one of the highlights of the whole fight is it actually slows down for a minute as uh what do you call him bad pants mr bad pants lord, lord bad pants yeah i don't lord know i don't know why <laughs> As Lord Pad Pants and his guards are going down an alley, and they just see all these swords sticking out of the yes. ground. Oh my god! So I love and, that scene. And it's just, there's just like a quiet, slow pan, and then you see like fires coming out of the ground, like like a, a row of fire lining the way, and then you just see Hariyama, <laughs> and and one of yep. and his retainer, they're the young boy, and he says something like, "Kill all the ones that get past me." Yep. Right. That's all he says. Yep. And then he just starts. Like they they run at him straight at him and he just cuts, lets this sword go into one guy, pulls a sword out of the wall, cuts another guy, pulls a sword out of the ground, pulls two swords out of the ground, kills these two guys. Like he just goes, ba bananas with swords. 
I don't think yeah. anybody got past him. I don't know that anybody got <laughs> <Yeah>. past him. <laughs> um, I, I think, think the kid just got to watch this, yeah. like, human blender go down the street, it's, cutting fools. It's so good. Because, like, I think what have you said? It's like, one might think that the swords were for all of the assassins to use or just... Mm-hmm. No, no, it's... Nope, it's just Hariyama. Just, no, yeah. just no. I, I, I like to think that when they were prepping this town, Hariyama was, like, walking around, walking around. He was finally like... I want this spot. What? This mine. <laughs> I, I have an idea. What are you going to do? Yeah. D- don't worry about it. I'm just going to need a lot of swords. Oh, okay. Do you want any of us how, to- How nope. many? Nope. This like is three, for- four swords? This is for Hirayama. I'm going to need dozens. I got this. I got this. I got so this what part. I'm going to need you to do is like, and so like all of this, they were, they were funneled into these places. You know, sometimes it was, all the buildings were like filled or blocked off with twigs, but the ones that weren't mm-hmm. were always, it was intentional either they were going to like an entire building explodes at one point which is glorious yeah that was cool too yeah but they they keep thinking that here's a way out here's a way out here's a way out and then they wind up in hirayama's gauntlet of sword death and it's (laughs) oh it's so good yeah they do turn it into this like minotaur's labyrinth of just pain and death and it's it's really cool. It's like if you had 13 guys and you needed to kill 200, this is how you would do it. Yeah. <laughs> this is like a good, like, watch this movie to get some ideas, I guess. Yeah. Um, Very good planning. Very good, like, thoughtfulness in, in, in directing where all these people are going to go. Yeah. Yeah. Tactical yeah. And I mean, brilliance. It's it's not just this reckless violence. It's so calculated. And I mean this from, like, a production standpoint, right? Like, the way they chose to present this fight wasn't just a bunch of people, not a bunch of meatheads just smacking each other. You know, it's uh, tactical and 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 thoughtful and poetic almost. Like it's just yeah. it's just so much. And There's it, a moment where one of the boys uh, is is died, he, one of the assassins, and then the camera shifts to his view as he's laying upside down, and he witnesses the death of Hariyama who is reduced after he uses up all of his swords he's used he's just reduced to fighting with a rock and it gets it gets really visceral at mm-hmm. the end of this fight you know um which is it's that is presaged earlier when he's training the younger samurai mm-hmm. who've been recruited yep. and Hirayama is basically saying you know lose your sword use this lose you lose this use, a use stick. this use yeah. a stick you lose the stick lose use a, a stick, rock use a rock lose a rock use, a rock. use your hands like, mm-hmm. lose your life, but make your enemy pay. Yep. Yeah. Yep. That's one of the many payoffs that happened during, that's set up in the first half That's comes to fruition in the fight. Yes. And it's, it's even the, the note written by the woman whose limbs were removed, the, right. the total massacre with just the bloody tear stains across it, is what Shinza presents to Lord bad pants when he's first blocked off in the town yeah and he it's is just literally my favorite moment it's it's yeah, such a good it, moment it falls to the ground and it says total massacre it's like the tables have turned and and then the fight's on uh, i know we keep talking about the movie out of order but it's I, I think that's part of how well it's built is that everything is tied together mm-hmm. you know and so when you try to follow one thread um you end up in a ball, like the whole ball of yarn. <laughs> it's really how how you have to approach it, I guess, because there's just so there's just so much going on. Yeah. Um, the other thing I wanted to make mention is during the fighting, 
I, I can't remember. I call him Caveman, but because um, he looks like a caveman jumping around the battlefield, bopping mm-hmm. samurai on the head with his hammer and his bag of rocks. His name is Kiga. Kiri- Kiga. Kiga. Koyara Kiga. Yeah, Kiga actually confronts um, Hanbei and um, at Lord Shitpants, and uh, I'm, I'm, I'm upgrading it to Lord Shitpants, sure. by the way. Um, and he gets a knife in the neck and slashed across the guts. And you're like, oh, no, not not Kiga. I love that guy. He's so great. He's not dead. <laughs> no. Yeah. Yeah. Surprisingly. And um, in a weird way, he's super alive at the end. Um, mm. And I think I think there's intentionality with that, too. Um, but again, I'm, I'm skipping ahead. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you want to talk just a little bit about that? Because that's where the a bunch of the missing scenes that the American mm-hmm. version uh, is missing. What about twenty minutes? I think Amber is that right? Yes. Of um, yeah, and apparently a bunch of that has to do with Kiga and actually building him up as more of this. Is he a goblin? Uh, Yep, like a like a, he's a, a like a devil. He's a He's a forest demon. demon. Yep, that's yeah. That was my assumption. He's he's a freaking forest demon. He is. Yeah. Yep, that makes a lot of sense. I fucking fucking yeah, fucking mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> yep. Yep. Why would you and, take that twenty minutes out? That because obviously so cool. he got a sword yeah. through the neck and then he bounced back and was like, "Hey boys, samurais hey guys, are dumb. Peace out. Yep. Yeah, samurais are dumb. Peace." <laughs> <laughs> yep, yep. Yeah, and, um, and some of it is actually kind of upsetting, but also, like, they, they took it out because they didn't think the American audience was would understand. Um, but yeah. also, they it left based in on some, him... like, Japanese folklore or something? Because I think I remember reading yes. about this character when I first watched the movie, and I was really confused. I was like, wait a minute, I thought I saw that guy die. Um, and I think I read about this, too. So, like, the he's obsessed with this woman. He calls the boss's girl uh, Upashi. And that's why he was dangling from a tree because he uh, made a move on her or something like that. Uh, what am I missing here, though? Like, isn't she like a forest spirit or something? Yeah, like that, she or? might be a forest spirit. The, in 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 the thing that I read, they actually call her his wife, and mm-hmm. like some of the flashbacks that um, he sees of her are her actually by a river and eating of her own fetus which uh-huh. makes her That's also maybe a demon kind of what it seemed it. like was happening yeah. there they were kind of hoping we wouldn't notice that that's what she was doing in that flashback definitely yeah. seemed like that's what that was yeah just from the squat and the bloody wriggliness of the thing she was eating definitely brought that mm-hmm. to mind okay so what say you to the meaning of all that yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> Um, good question. I mean, my, my other thought was that, um, him being alive, Kika being alive at the end was a figment of, um, the, oh, interesting. the other, the Shiroguro's, um, yeah, uh, oh. imagination, but, but the, the lot, the, not lost footage, the, the cut footage, footage seems to say differently. So, okay. um, oh, inter- that's yeah. very interesting. I hadn't heard that theory. So my take on it was that. Because he survives and, and the nephew survived, those are the only two that survive. Um, spoiler alert, I guess. But um, their, their conversation at the end about how samurai aren't great and the nephew deciding he doesn't want to be a samurai anymore, like he's done. He's going to go be like the Dread Pirate Roberts or something and like <laughs> try to go to America and have a lot of sex, basically. He's just like, this is, there's no meaning. Um, and then the, the, the uh, Kiga going back into the forest and, and dreaming of his wife 
who's I guess a demon lady. Cool. Um, is is it felt like just a, like almost like nature coming back to to something more primordial, more more primeval than all this, and more simple than all this civilization, I guess. And and because it it, it seemed like a, a commentary on like going back to something even more natural, um, even if it's horrific in some ways, as something maybe better. I don't know. I mean, all of the trappings of civilization and honor and fealty and duty wound up in a blood and shit massacre in this town. I mean, it's it's mm-hmm. all like it's kind of that revealed to be artifice <laughs> to a certain extent. Mm-hmm. It's like you can't restrain the inhumanity of man himself. Like it's going to have out even how, no matter how much you constrain it and sort of is also evinced in the battle itself because as it progresses and the men get whittled down and get bloodied, often mm-hmm. the attacking force, but like even the assassins themselves become more wild-eyed, more unrestrained, Absolutely. more f- less yeah. fluid in their movements and more feral. feral. Yeah. And and some of the, the attacking force just seems to go insane. You know, one of mm-hmm. one of them has to be knocked out because he's just laughing and swinging his sword wildly. It's this kind of... That's right. This thin line between the honor of a samurai who is intended to be an instrument of death and to die themselves and just running around the forest killing people because you wants to. Yeah, they, they all lose any shred of like dignity or class or style, um, except for Shinza, I suppose. But like at the end, they're just all everyone's broken. Everyone's totally broken. And so it's not another great thing about this movie is the violence isn't cartoonish in the sense of like, oh, we won and now we're heroes and we feel great. You know, like it's it was just an unraveling of society itself almost. And it wasn't gratuitously grotesque or body, you know, there there weren't, you know, limb severings a la Kill Bill every five seconds and blood spurting. It was blood standing on the ground, blood sprays when there was a cut. It, it was intended to be kind of realistic in a sense, but mm-hmm. not the violence itself and the butchery itself was not the point. It really wasn't. It, I think it was this devolvement of the of who they were as people. It, it, that's, what it, it, that's kind of what it hit to me. And it all culminates in the final battle between Shinza and Hanbei, which ends the way you would anticipate it ending. Hanbei gets de- decapitated. And uh, it leaves yeah. just the Lord, Lord Shitpants, Lord, Lord Shitpants, who who then kicks the head of his like as you said in, in the rap, uh, like a soccer ball, kicks the head mm-hmm. of um, Hanbei, which like Shenzo's like that is like uh, sure I just decapitated this guy, but that was rude. <laughs> like that's yeah, like I I could honor him, you know, like he was a, an old friend and we had our differences. And, he, you know, I gave him a swift death, you know, like that, that all follows the code. And, but I would never kick his head, you know, I would never yeah. dishonor him. And well, you just, you just, he meant nothing to you after he just said, like many times over, saved your life. Mm-hmm. He, he gave his life to Lord Shitpants. He gave him his mm-hmm. life. And Lord Shitpants' response was to kick his head. And when Shinza responds like, dude, what the fuck? He's, Lord Shitpants is like, you can kick my head too. Nothing matters. Nothing means anything. <laughs> Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. And and that's and that's the again the the 
the system putting this kind of person in charge is perhaps an inevitability. And it's something that um, I think the message of the movie, at least to me, is saying to be wary of, right? Like anybody who would treat even their most loyal retainers as as nothing, as right. like just a means to an end or um, or as just as meaningless entirely is like this is not a person to put into any kind of position of power whatsoever. I mean, if he does that to his friends, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, right, yeah, absolutely. Um, so it's it's just a, I think it's a, a good commentary about uh, authoritarian authoritarian leaders and and people who have insane amounts of power that is unearned and therefore um, un, unappreciated and underdeveloped leadership skills at all. So, and having supposedly principled honorable people work to maintain their power simply yeah. because this that's what the system demands. Like it's it's that not being able to use discretion, just using obedience to make decisions such that somebody like Hanbei is is as honorable and perfect a samurai as he was, that honor and perfection nearly destroyed the country. Right, mm -hmm. yeah. Because he was the only thing keeping Lord Poopy Pants alive. <laughs> he was loyal to his tribe. You know, he, he was honored to his tribe. He was a patriot to his tribe, and yet... Oof. That was the thing that almost destroyed the world. And Shinza even appealed to him before they fought. He's like, I have mm -hmm. nothing against you, man. Right. I I respect you even. Like mm -hmm. and yeah. Yeah. There, there's yeah, so much your of the Lord is terrible. Yeah. There's so much of this that it applies to like politics. Yeah. Now. And I didn't want to go there because we yeah. would spend forever there. I know. But I but I think that's why it's also worth watching. Like I think wherever you land in politics. It, it helps us to examine leadership, and I think, in a way, and honor, and what, what does honor and loyalty really mean, and it deconstructs it. It um, And if you're really thoughtful about it, it forces you to maybe reconsider some preconceived notions. Especially considering that, you know, the 13 heroes ultimately were assassins. They killed mm -hmm. a legitimate leader and his legitimate retainers in the carrying out of their duties. Like, they were technically the bad guys. They were criminals. Mm -hmm. They were rebels and criminals and assassins and whatever whatever kind of other label you want to put on them, right? Like dishonorable things. But why does that mean that they're serving the people? <laughs> you know what I mean? Why does that mean that they're the only ones who uh, are, are pursuing real justice? And it's so easy for people to claim that label of, you know, we may be rebels, but we're the ones who are truly serving the people that then justifies wrong action. Like in this instance, it's the thing you wanted because you saw the evil of the Shogun's brother, Lord Poopy Pants, so dude needed to go, but they were completely outside the law in doing what they were doing. And so there's that, yeah, there's, there's no real good guys necessarily. And even in the one that survives, you know, so Shinza takes out Lord Poopy Pants and Lord Poopy Pants, it's, it's a very satisfying death because he's a terribly evil man. So Shinza stabs him in the gut after letting Lord Poopy Pants stab him in the gut. Because mm -hmm. living through this isn't the purpose. He needs a warrior's death. And also it would just, he'd have to commit ritual suicide anyway after the thing mm -hmm. he just did. So it's cleaner this way. But then Lord Poopy Pants just is crawling around in the mud, just screaming, oh my gosh, pain. It hurts. I don't want to mm -hmm. die. I don't want to die. I'm so afraid. I'm so, so afraid. And then he crawls to the door of a shithouse and Shinza decapitates him and his head just rolls inside. Yeah. 
Nice. Yeah, very good. It also, I was a little worried that they were going to have some sort of sword fight between those two, which mm-hmm. is absolutely ridiculous because, yeah, Lord Poopy Pants has no actual skills. <laughs> like, he's right. he's a lord. He is not a fighter. Oh, yeah. The, sh- yeah, the shit so. talk pre their confrontation yeah. is, is pretty solid. Shins is like, yes. so that decorative blade is uh, hmm. about as useful as you, decorative man. He's like, yeah. it's not decorative. He's like, mm-hmm. decorations are by definition decorative. He's like, and your decorated blade <laughs> yeah. is not going to do much good for you. And it, it's, it's, yeah. And mm-hmm. so Shinza's death scene in the arms of his nephew, he basically says, okay, you're done with this life. Don't be a samurai anymore. And, and sort of like releases him from the onus of following in this path of glorious death through battle and service because it's flawed and messed up i don't know if the take the weird takeaway for shinrukuro being like i don't know i'll go to america and have a bunch of sex with women and be a bandit he also did leave a wife behind and his response wasn't hey i'm gonna go back to my wife it was i guess i'll go be a criminal now in america (laughs) (laughs) oh okay (laughs) okay yeah so everyone's broken at the end. It's great. No, no real. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> yeah. But it is. It is. It's. It's very. It's very very good. It's very well shot. There are beautiful moments cinematographically and choreographically. You, Megan's right. You don't lose track of of who's doing what. There are great like practical effects. It's. It's really good, and it's so earned. Because we watched the first hour and 12 minutes. Yep. Mm-hmm. So so let's just like put the bow on this. So on the rock scale, regrettable, outstanding, crazy bowls mm-hmm. are K. What, what, what do you think, Michael? <laughs> um, I think this movie rocks. I think it's just, it's the best. It's uh, it's it's outstanding. It, there's, you have to see it to believe it. It's it's hard to put it into words. We tried our best. We probably over overdid it <laughs> but it's it's just it's beautiful it's a beautiful film yes it's k <laughs> <laughs> you know like it's fine it was good I, I might watch it again if i felt like it and i didn't have anything else to do yeah i mean if i was like a professional fighter i think i would watch the last 45 minutes of this movie before like i got into the ring I would, then i would just enter enter beast mode and and beat up somebody i guess i don't know it just it gets me so amped every time. Mm-hmm. I just want to run around punching things and stabbing them with swords. You know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's fair. Michael, mm-hmm. do you have a Sneha story? Yeah, um, from from today, uh, we were we had a yard sale this morning, and uh, Adrian wasn't feeling very well, so it was me and Sneha sat in the garage or in the driveway to the garage with all of our uh, junk out there. And uh, what was really funny is after a while like some people will come up to like look at our stuff and Sneha decided without me saying anything that she was going to be a salesperson oh gosh <laughs> so she went up and and was just like so adorable she's like this is um my box of toys that I don't want anymore do you want to do you want to look at this and she was like showing all of the things and um she had heard me like talking about some of the items I wanted to sell. And I was trying to be honest with people like, Hey, like here's this thing, but it's broken in this way. Or like, it needs a replacement here. You can have it for like two bucks or whatever, you know, that sort of thing. And so Sneha was, there's these three girls that came up and Sneha was like, here's one of my toys, but it's a little bit squeaky. And, (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> and um or whatever and um she was like showing these girls these toys and it was just so adorable because she was imitating what i was saying and trying to sell them these these old toys of hers it was just, it was really cute and like so many people were like, I can't like I bought this because your daughter was here. Yeah, it's like yeah, no, it's fair. <laughs> I wasn't going to buy anything, but your daughter, she's a really good salesman. I was like, yeah, yeah, I guess she. Is. Yeah, it's pretty That's great. Awesome. Yeah. Nice. That was really cute. I wish I had it on on camera. Nice. Thank you. That was wonderful. It was wonderful. Megan, mm-hmm. do you have an Abby or Maddie story? I have a both story. Um, there was uh, this time, well, uh, that Abby um, at the at the um, Champlain Valley Fair was uh, pretending to bunny hop around. Amber, you may remember this. Oh, I, I am familiar with this. Yes, and she was going bunny hop, bunny hop, and then she'd like just like just epic fail, uh, you know, onto face the ground, hundred percent face plant. Exactly. And then she ended up going, I'm okay, Um, which has become a thing now. And this weekend, she was actually teaching Maddie that. And it was unbelievably cute because they were like in sync going like, bunny hop, bunny hop. And then, of course, Maddie's like, cute little voice going, I'm okay. Oh, my God. It was was beautiful. Those are good stories. Yeah. Those are good stories. Those kids are double trouble, man. Yeah, That's it's fantastic. You got to keep us abreast. Cute mm-hmm. ass kids with the nonsense. <laughs> I got. I have nothing. I have nothing comparable to offer you. No. Do you have a recommendation, mm-hmm. Amber? Maybe a recommendation. Yeah. Huh? No. You go straight to hell. Okay. <laughs> Michael, do you have a recommendation? Uh, I did, and I can't. Oh, um, I think I was going to recommend Settlers of Catan. Um, which is surprisingly like Sneha picked up on it really fast. Like she can play Catan pretty well. And it's not so much of a kid's game that a kid, how can I say this? It's not so much of a kid's game that an adult wouldn't want to play it and still have fun. And it's, it's easy enough that a kid can figure it out um, once they're like five or six. It's not what the age says on the box, but yeah, I recommend playing Settlers of Catan with your kids. That's what I'm recommending. That's fantastic. Awesome. Yeah. Yay. Megan, do you have a recommendation? Nah, I think we should leave it at that. Fair enough. <laughs> All right. We're just going we're just going to let cute stories and Michael take out take yeah. the day. I feel like that's, that's yeah, reasonable. I don't want to I don't want to muddy those waters. They're beautiful. Yeah. Me neither. You know the waters are clear. I agree. Yeah. yeah. You know what? This is a great note to end on. This yeah. has been really fun, you it two, has been. and I I really C major. I want you to have a great great weekend. Maybe two great weekends this year because Aww, it, this was you. just so nice. Generous. Uh, and I'll well, just wrap it up like I always mm. do by saying to you, my <laughs> yeah. friends, for those about to rock, we salute you. No. 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 Because what C-C-D-C. what that's playing on is for those who are about to, like, for those who are about to die. Uh-huh. We, we salute, salute you. you. That's what it's yeah. playing on, right? It's playing on the, yeah. like, the gladiatorial thing of like, hey, rich emperor dudes. Mm-hmm. Let's salute you for making us murder our each other for your fucking entertainment. That's what that's a Megan, play on. We just yeah. watched a whole movie that was anti that. <laughs> yeah. Don't you understand? Megan, yeah, we did. Did you learn? We kind of nothing. I wasn't paying any. We need attention. to start what this happened? episode over. Yeah, apparently. what's the movie we'll start, we watched? Okay, so the movie we watched Dracula two thousand, uh, right? Assassins. Oh, oh and boy, huh. Megan. I, yes, Megan. Uh, Megan, hmm. you are showing a dangerous trend. 
with these rock things lately of aligning yeah. yourself with the bad guy. You are Lord Poopy Pantsing mm. so <gasps> hard right now. Oh. And yeah. you just jaked. Amber, you've gone too far. You jaked a couple weeks ago. Yeah, and I, I had to threaten you with a shovel decapitation. Yeah, no, that, like, is, that did happen. I am concerned. I am yeah. truly concerned that you are going down a bad path and I'm watching it happen and I'm doing nothing. I am Han. You're turning me into a Hanbei. This. Oh, that's mean. This has gone too far. <laughs> Guys, I'm sorry. <laughs> Bye. Mommy, mommy, make it stop. <laughs> Bye, buddy. All right, goodbye, everybody. Bye. Thanks for having me. <laughs> Thank you, Michael. Thank you, Michael. Your rap was amazing. It really was. Thank you.